Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to another Sobertown podcast. My name is Polly and I am on the wonderful Sober Train with my good buddy. Hello. Hello, Polly. It's yeah. so lovely to have you back. You got past that conductor, didn't you? Yep, <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it's so good to see you looking so good and sort of physically recovered. You're looking, yeah. you're I'm physically recovered. good at the moment. My mental state is a little fragile, but that's yeah. for another discussion. But um, yes, it's wonderful to be on the sober train again with my sober buddy, Karina. And uh, we're going to ride this sober train into the wonderful world of sobriety and bring you some little wow moments that we've got from people. But before we do that, um, Karina, do you want to let them know about I Am Sober? Yeah, so the I Am Sober app is a free app that you can get on your phone. Just go into your app store and look for I Am Sober. They've also got an Instagram account and a Facebook account, I found out recently. Um, but it's a great community on there. You've got a day counter on there. Um, you've got milestones. There's groups and there's lots and lots of support and a great sort of communication platform community there. And it covers oh, so many different addictions from cigarettes to drugs to alcohol to sugars and junk foods and whatever it is even sex addiction um so really good place to to go and that's where you and i met um 12 months well 14 months ago now 14 months ago yeah yeah it is actually (laughs) and um also it was where this sobertownpodcast.com got birthed Mm -hmm. the idea for the sobertown podcast got birthed from the i am sober app yeah and i think everybody on here um, or the or the hosts on here are all from the I Am Sober, correct? And, and the majority of the interviews and bloggers and that are too. Yeah, yeah. We meet through um, through the app, and what I will say is SoberTownPodcast.com has been built by all of us on, as Karina says, who host and um, do content. Todd, one of our wonderful people that contributes to SoberTownPodcast.com. He doesn't host, but he creates so many tools for people to use to build their toolbox. Um, On the SoberTownPodcast.com website, you will find his blogs to help you build your toolbox. You'll also find the podcasts and before and after photos, tattoos, the Wall of Fame, which are posts that people have put in I Am Sober that mean a lot to them that have that have been, excuse me, aha moments, of which we get a lot in sobriety. But go to sobertownpodcast.com, start building your toolbox. We, we've given you a head start, but at the end of the day, you've got to want this, and it works if you work it, because work it, you're worth it. And today, we're going to talk about a happy subject. We're going to talk about some of the wows that have come about in sobriety when you suddenly think, wow. I didn't realize that. And we put out a request to some of our Sober Town buddies and uh, I Am Sober buddies for a recording of um, their wow moments. What has given them a wonderful wow moment? We uh, got some wonderful voice recordings from people who were giving us their wow moments. And the first one I'm going to share 
is from Sober and Sane. And as Karina and I know, Sober and Sane has come through some tough times herself and is coming through it and celebrating. I think she's probably up to about eight months sober now. So I good. I think she her. is. Yeah. 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 So here is uh, her little, a little a share her thing. I wanted to um, do this little voice message for you, Polly, on the surprises I found in my sobriety. Um, one of the things for sure is laughter. I am a laugher as it is, but there's such a difference between sober gut cleansing laughter, tears running down your cheeks, um, and drunk laughter. Huge difference. I definitely laugh so much more since I've been sober and it's so cleansing and it's just so healthy and good and it lasts longer and it's remembered. Um, the other thing is, is the healing. Oh my goodness. This is huge, huge, huge. The healing that happens to your body, your brain, every part of your physical body, from your skin, to your hair, to your eyes, to your organs, to your lab, to your health. But specifically me, I am amazed at the healing my body is doing since I stopped drinking. My body was in bad shape and my labs were horrible before I stopped drinking. And now I've been having to watch labs um, about the cancer um, one of the, so there's been a few labs that have been on the, the watch list and I just had them last week. I got my platelet results, as you know, over the weekend, but last night for my birthday, I got another humongous gift. You guys, <laughs> all the labs that were abnormal that I've been watching with the cancer are totally within range, are totally normal. I'm in shock. One of them is called a HSCRP, which is a cancer lab for inflammation or infection. It was off the charts. It is now a baby number. The other one was my SED rate was high, which is inflammation, infection. It's now a baby number. My thyroid was showing it was off for the first time in my life. It's now normal again. My platelets, which are big cancer warners, um, were very high. They're now within range. And I think there's one more. All my labs were normal, all within range. And this is healing, I truly believe, from not ingesting poison all the sugar, all the pesticides and alcohol toxins. And also, you know, my I'm eating healthy, organic, plant-based. I My exercise, my stress levels, um, I meditate, I pray. I do my bouncer now, so I'm shaking up all my, all my fluids real good. Drink a lot of lemon water. I am ecstatic. So the benefits for me and the surprises are the healing, 
to our bodies and laughter is so rich and remembered because you know when you're drunk you don't remember everything and you don't remember everything you laugh at and you don't look good when you laugh you don't feel good when you laugh that hard anyways that's it it's just long enough i love you all and i hope you all have a wonderful day oh bless her i remember when she left that message yeah and uh she left one of our ladies groups and i just mm -hmm. cried it was just it's so oh, joyful so yeah it, so wonderful. yeah it, it gives us a wonderful feeling to know that someone is winning the battle against the bottle but uh, also winning the battle with her cancer yeah because sober and sane has battled breast cancer and as we know october is breast cancer awareness month um it's it's wonderful to hear and i i walk around sometimes with a goofy smile on my face for absolutely no reason because sobriety just makes you happy and there's not enough hours in the day anymore for the stuff I want to do, but I'm not worrying when I go to bed at night because I think, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. And it's very true. I mean, that's one of the surprises to me actually was about how much time, you know, I, I don't kind of have now. You know, so I thought <laughs> when you sort of want to give up drinking, you're like, oh, what am I going to do with that time? What am I going to do if I don't drink? Well, my day is full now. It's brim to brim. But um, it's so true what she says about laughter, isn't it? Yeah, it's so different from <laughs> drunken laughter. Yeah, sober laughter is better because it releases you some really good endorphins that you don't get when you're drunk. Yeah, um, and they say. They say that laughter is the best medicine, isn't it? And there's been yeah. a lot of research done recently about how that really is true and that laughter really is good for depression and um, low mood. And when you're sober, you're doing genuine laughter. When you're drunk, you're laughing hysterically like a hyena and you can't even remember what you're actually laughing about half the time. So uh, that, that, uh, it's great. And I think you find humour in so much more when you're sober as well, things that you wouldn't normally notice. Yeah. Um, you do laugh at and you walk around, as I say, with this huge smile on your face. <laughs> uh, well, I do anyway, but I look dead goofy sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we like yeah. goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I love goofy. Uh, mm. We've got Jojo, who actually wow. recently shared her story. And believe it or not, Jojo has found some apps, found some wows in her sobriety that are, it's it's the surprises and there's so many surprises. So we're going to listen to Jojo um, uh, and her sobriety uh, now. Okay, Polly, hopefully I can make it through this time. Um, what I've had happen that I did not expect at all is doing things I like to do in the past and knowing that it's going to make me happy, but not knowing that there is just a sheer joy that goes along with doing these things. Um, there's more, much more depth to emotion. And I did not expect that at all. It's kind of like the alcohol muted and blurred everything in my life. And I didn't get to experience my life fully. It, it, it's like if somebody sanded off um, 
all the all the jagged edges or all the happiness or anything you know any real strong emotion and now i feel everything much more fully um the joy is what stands out to me because it's something to look forward to but you also you know experience other emotions more strongly as well and you have to learn to work through them and i did not expect any of that. I mean, I knew there was work that went with becoming sober, but I never expected that my emotions um, would change how they felt to me. And, and there's a larger, a much, much larger range to my emotions as well. So that's really it. I hope that helps. Joy. Yes. Again, joy. And she's joy. right about the emotions. Yeah. I mean, it is right there, isn't it? The joys of being sober. When you suggested this this podcast about the wows or the surprises in sobriety, and mine was, I fucking love it. I <laughs> love it. I thought I was going to hate every minute of it, but I absolutely love it. And yeah, the emotions, there are true, true emotions, emotions of joy and happiness that I've never, ever felt. Well, not that I can remember having felt since I was a little kid, really. Um, but the other side also is that we have to go through the, the not so good emotions as well, but that's okay because the, the great ones outweigh the bad ones. And we yes. know that some of your days are there. It's, uh, there are two sides to our personalities, aren't there? And as Carl Jung said, we've got our shadow self. And at some point we have to face our shadow self. And those are the not so good stuff, but we have to work through them. And emotions mean you're alive, actually. If I'm yeah. having a day where I'm feeling sad, you know, it's, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel bleh. Um, mm -hmm. But I find that those kind of emotions don't last very long at all. Whereas before when I was drinking, I would, if, if I was feeling down, I'd be down. And then I'd think, oh, I'll go and have a drink. And all that does is compound it because when I come out of that bottle of wine, two bottles of wine, I'm still sad. I'm still feeling like crap because I haven't yeah. addressed anything that's made me that way in the first place. So once we come into sobriety and start addressing emotions, yet yeah, it's hard at first. And um, an expression that people, some people don't know, uh, sitting with it, sitting with the emotion doesn't necessarily mean you plunk yourself down on the floor and look like a little Buddha. I can see me doing this in the lake. Me and the lotus just don't go anymore. But when we say you sit with the, you're sitting with the emotion, you're working the emotion, it, it sits inside you and you work through it from the inside out. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've sat with, with it before. You know, I've said right from the very beginning that very often that's one thing I learned was to sit with it. And some people couldn't kind of understand that. They couldn't understand, you know, if I was having a craving, um, how I could just sit with it. Others find it easier to get active, distract, do stuff, which I do also. But there are times where I'd have to under pick out what it is that's making me feel like that mm -hmm. and in order to do that I have to sit with it and I have to feel it and 
very often, because we've spent so much time drinking away our emotions and blocking them, we don't even know what that emotion is. So to sit with it makes us discover what that emotion actually is and what it's actually telling us and where it's actually coming from. And then it gives us a grounding to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Here we I go on the act, act again. We become aware. Mm. We clarify. I, I, the last time I used act, I, I used it for clarity, not clarify. So, mm. and then I turned it, turned it around into a positive. So we can use it in different ways, as I said in my little podcast. But that um, learning to sit and work your way through whatever's going on, the halt method, because some people, when they get a craving, they need to remember halt. Yeah. Okay, what is going on around me at the moment? Am I hungry? No. Am I angry? Well, yeah, I'm angry at something. So what am I angry at? Why am I angry? You know, and like you say, you have to sit and work through what is going on because it's all going on inside our minds because that's where the addiction is. It's all in your mind. And Mm -hmm. the the physical craving is a manifestation of that. You get the sweats, you know, you feel itchy, you're jumpy, whatever. And that's the physical manifestation of the addiction because um, the craving is in the mind. And... But once you get past those and start to accept, the joy that comes from it is like, I can do this. I can fucking do it. I'm sober. Mm -hmm. I can live sober. I don't need it. And that gives joy. And Jojo is back out camping again, even though she's on her own, but she's making friends out there when she's camping with other people who are camping on their own. And she's finding a joy in rediscovering a hobby she loves. Mm. It's bringing her joy. And that's really getting back to nature, isn't it? That's really getting back to sitting with it and being with it and back to nature and recharging our our sleep and our melatonin, our serotonin. And yeah, camping is uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing. But you've done the same with your bumblebee. Mm Mm-hmm. You've gone back and found joy in just riding around the countryside, seeing different sights. It's the same kind of thing. You did uh, a little, <coughs> excuse me, you did a little um, video earlier that I watched, very emotional actually. Yes. If I'd have been stood oh, yeah. there, I'd have been crying. Uh, there's another thing, we feel these things so much more. And yeah. it's not a bad thing. So it was. It was good to see um, the the video, and you were out there. You were enjoying it, even though it was it was emotional. You were still enjoying it, being out there. Yeah, but I was feeling really real emotion, um, you know, and it it was amazing. Um, it's the hundredth bomber. Um, it was an American base here in World War Two, and it was mm-hmm. the hundredth bomber, American U.S or USA airbase who formed out in the USA and came over here and they flew their flying fortresses it's just literally 10 minutes ride up the road and um it was just there were so many photos of them in front of their planes letters from them letters home and there was a memorial there for them as well and this place is free to go and see um it's just outside of a place called Dis. Um, which is D-I-S-S in Norfolk in the UK. And it was just 
amazing. It was humbling, as I always find World War mm-hmm. things very humbling. Um, but it was just, you know, these guys got into these planes, you know, and they did a lot of them, I mean, same as our guys in the Lancasters, didn't expect to come back. You're more likely not to come back from a sortie than mm-hmm. you were to come back. And, you know, these young lads, younger than my Jack, some of them jumping in these death traps, you know, um, to fly over the skies and, and get our bid for freedom. And, um, yeah, it really, really hit home. And I, I was just so grateful and so humbled. But it also hit me as well because I've, I've developed a lot of great relationships and friendships with people out there in the States mm-hmm. since this sobriety journey. Yes. And it was like, we're still working together. We're still fighting together. It's a different war, (laughs) but we are supporting one another still. And I think that kind of hit home with me as well, like that we can do this together. It is easier together. It is easier together. There's going to be the hard bit, but together we can do it. Yeah, real empathy. Empathy, yeah. yeah. And also the realisation of the fragility of life. Yeah. Definitely, mm. definitely. It's, and, you know, yeah. as I was standing, looking at some of these mm. photos and reading their stories and thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, we, we talk about the youngsters of today and how hard it is for them. And, mm. and we talk about life today and how hard it is and sort of fighting sobriety and fighting whatever else we're fighting. And these people were fighting a real enemy that was really there that wanted to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit like alcohol <laughs> wanted to destroy yes. us. Um, but you know they were they were really in the line of fire, and they did that, and they gave their life for us, so that we could continue to live our life of freedom. My father-in-law, mm-hmm. yeah, my father-in-law and, and think, flew B twenty-fours in the in the war. Yeah. So yes, yeah. it it hits yeah. home here as well because there's a lot of mm. um, military here. He uh, he was a young man who signed up to be a pilot. And he flew B-24s and he actually, it's a true story that um, his B-24 got shot. He was doing, um, he took part in the raids over Ploesti. There's a the huge thing about the Ploesti raids. And mm-hmm. his plane got shot up very, very badly. So much so they had to throw as much out as possible in order mm-hmm. to try and limp home. And while they were in formation, the other aircraft were trying to protect them from the uh, ACAC and they still got damaged. So they had to leave formation. So they were totally on their own. Mm. But he actually brought, brought that plane home. Wow. And he was, he was only 27. Wow. So he wow. brought that plane home. So, yeah, it hits home here. And yeah. as you very well know, it won't be long until Remembrance Mm. Uh, days of we'll be bringing out our poppies soon and uh people wear your poppy with pride because people people gave it up for us so anyway we'll get back and although that's (laughs) sad there's a certain joy in it because you got to see it you got to live and feel that emotion and to feel emotion is joy joyful because we're feeling yeah yeah and I will go back I mean it was a wonderful place and I loved Mm. it and I will go back again and it's free this place is Mm -hmm. free but you can just give donations but it's been run by volunteers since 1981 you know give their time up to keep this alive to keep the story alive lest we forget 
Mm-hmm. We, we won't know. forget. We won't forget. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of military in this house. So <laughs> we will get on to, we've got another recording actually, and it's from our beautiful sister, Virginia. So, nice. and we love Virginia. Virginia is our eco-warrior. She, she is. Goes, usually goes up to Washington <laughs> most weekends with her sister and fights the good fight. So bless her. We will share Virginia with you now and her joy. Hi, this is Virginia. I just wanted to describe some of the pleasant surprises I've found in sobriety. I had no idea these were coming my way. I feel freedom. I don't have to think about all the things about drinking and and the after effects. I have lower anxiety. I am so go with the flow now. I'm so easygoing. One day at a time applies to everything in life, not just drinking. I had no idea that was all coming my way. Um, I've another pleasant surprise. I've found this caring community. I've created connections with sober living people. I didn't know I was going to find a community like that. It was really a pleasant surprise. Um, My baseline mood is higher now than it was when I was drinking. The daily shame or guilt about drinking the previous day, totally gone. It's just gone. I had no idea. I was trying to think, are there any negative things about sobriety? Anything. And the only thing I can think of is that I worry more about when I see my family members drinking. But again, I'm going to keep that. That's outside my circle of influence. I can present a good example of sober fun. And I can present a good example of sober and healthy food and drink. And I hope that they take notice and realize, yeah, there's a viewpoint over there that I hadn't seen before to counteract all the other messages. But this journey of personal growth and healing, I had no idea. I'm just starting that part. I'm at 15 months sober. I'm just starting the personal growth and healing. I didn't know any of these things were coming my way. I thought that it was just going to be the same exact life without a drink, without a piece of fun, without a method of relaxation. That is all a lie. It is not the same life, and the alcohol was not giving me any relaxation, peace of mind. So I have nothing but pleasant surprises in sobriety. I'm very happy with the way things are going in my decision. Thank you. Oh, her voice just makes me melt. (laughs) We have some ladies with beautiful voices and she is one of them. She is just so calm and eloquent. And yeah, I could just listen to her all day. Once again, it it reiterates it's a different life in sobriety. It's not just Mm. a life without a drink. It's a life full of discovery and joy because we are discovering things. I love... I love investigating the things behind why I drank and also the things that um, my character, I'm trying to find my character, who I am. And I used to scoff because people would say, oh, I need to find myself. What the heck? (laughs) You're not lost. Why are you going to look at yourself? I know what they mean because it's not, it's a journey of discovery, um, your emotions habits um uh 
things that you love to do, like the camping, like you on your bumblebee. This is all a journey of discovery, of joy. Um, and we love it. And I love her because, bless her, she's just lost her, her dog. Hmm. But she's able to deal with it because she's sober. She understands that the dog was in pain, etc. His time had come. Her time had come. <coughs> so she was able to deal with it and be happy that the dog had been happy that she'd given the dog a good life. How would you feel drunk? You wouldn't feel those feelings, would you? It wouldn't mean anything to no. you. I think life's much more rational, isn't it? Much more rational um, when we're sober. Um, I don't catastrophize as much. I can look things, you know, think things through and see them for how they really are and rationalize with myself. And, and you know, when you were saying there about sort of my bumblebee and being finding the joy in that, I'm like, well, I used to say that I um, drank my way through my midlife crisis. So I'm having it now. But actually, I'm not having a midlife crisis I'm having my identity crisis I'm actually in 17 again as I heard you say I'm finding out who I am and yeah. I really like me it's nice that's something I said you know I, I do like me I like who I'm becoming because we are becoming we're becoming sober and we're becoming we're, we're coming into ourselves and I love who I am and there's an expression that, and here it is, sometimes the worst things that can happen in our lives put us on a path to the best things that will ever happen to us. So the worst thing was their alcohol, and we got to a point where it was, it couldn't go on, it couldn't happen anymore. So we put ourselves onto this path to sobriety, and it's been the best thing to ever happen to me. Yeah, I've, I've been sober before. Well, no, I didn't drink before when I was three, you know, I went through three years and then I did another 10 months. And all I can say about them was I wasn't sober. I just wasn't drinking. Now I feel as if I am a sober person. Yeah. That, and yeah. believe it or not, people, there is a difference between just not drinking and being sober. And sober is to embrace life and, you know, give over yourself to your life. Take, a, take your life back. Um, we've got another one from our, our lovely Laura. And Laura is one of our young mums. So her view of her wows will be slightly different because our other couple of la three ladies have all, they're all in their... Um, they're not seniors, but they're not youngsters. <laughs> they're not as old as me, let's put it that way. So these are ladies, mature ladies, who've, uh, who've done their family lives, etc. Uh, you have phrase in there. That's it. Yeah, the other recordings we heard, the ladies were slightly more mature. So here we've got Laura, who is a young mum. So her joys will be different to um what the other ladies were so here's laura hopefully this isn't too late to contribute to your um things that have surprised me during sobriety for me one of the biggest surprises has been that my true personality has come through and i'm actually a lot calmer than 
I've ever been known for. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I don't get as angry. It, it takes quite a lot now for me to get angry and kind of act out on that. Um, whereas before it would be quite frequent. Um, just in, yeah, in, in a calm, um, that is getting stronger and stronger. That's, that's been the biggest surprise. I think that I'm, I'm a lot more stable than I realized (laughs) mood and personality wise. I was actually quite concerned about myself before, um, and I tried various things to calm myself down, but now I, it was always there. It was just that it was all down to the drink. Um, so that's been my biggest surprise. And also that my memory isn't going to stay as bad as it was. That's actually improving bit by bit by bit. That surprised me. I just thought it was me. Um, yeah, so lots of little personality traits that I thought were just me that weren't. And Once again... You know, it's the inner work, isn't it, that comes from sobriety, the calmness. That Here we go again, self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like you, you were saying, and it, it's, we're more rational. We can, whereas before we would probably get irritated at little things, now I look at them and I think, okay. And I, I seem to take things in my stride a lot more as well yeah. as um, acceptance. Yeah, it's sort of that acceptance of, of what's been, what is. And we do live much more in, you know, the day, isn't it? We just have today. But there's a, a beautiful young lady who is a young mum who's had so much to contend with. Yes. The universe has thrown everything at her and some since she started the sobriety journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's still here with us. She's staying calm. She's, you know, really taking all the right steps and... Um, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so for anybody who is a mum who's got young kids to staying on this journey and um, keeping going. And I'm so, so thrilled that, that she's still keeping to battle this every day um, for herself and her kids. And it's, it's just wonderful. And it's good that she can hear and see and recognise all the, mm-hmm. the good things. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a podcast with uh, Kim MC and she'd, um, she told her story and I did a follow up with her. Mm. And um, she was she was saying how much more calm she is with her children. She's there for her children. And I think that's another thing. I mean, we get irritated. And I mean, I get irritated. I'd, I'd hate to think what I was like if I had little children running around me and I was drinking. Because it's hard enough being a mom without putting alcohol in the mix. Um, and trying to deal with tantrums and all the things that go with kids, spilled drinks, um, don't want to get a bed, won't have a bath, no, not, you know, no, 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 no. And they do try your patience, bless their hearts, we love them to bits. But mm. children try your patience. So in a way, I'm glad I wasn't drinking when my kids were little. I don't know how I'd have done it. Um, so good for her to to be realizing that she's calmer inside and as I say I had the same with Kim she was 
she was more present for her children. She was calmer. Mm -hmm. She was doing more with her children because she's not given over to the drink. And it's wonderful. And, you know, I always did a lot with Jack, although I worked full time. So he spent Mm -hmm. most of his time with the childminder. But when we were together, we did a lot. But, you know, I've been thinking back and I know we can't change the past and that's what I'm working on. I can't resist it. I have to let it go. But I do think, you know, that I wasn't consistent as a parent. He has a lot of anxiety. And some of that may well be to do with my lack of consistency. One day he might do something that was okay and another day it wouldn't be. And that may be dependent on whether I needed a drink, if I had too much drink, if I didn't care, or if I was getting quite stressy with things. Um, You know, so that would come into the equation. And then there'd be times when I'd go and pick him up from somewhere and I'd probably look at him like daggers and be really grumpy rather than, you know, he might have been away for a day or two. Rather than being really happy to see him, I'd be grumpy because I'd had to curtail my drinking until I got to see, you know, until I could pick him up because of driving so there's lots of stuff and also you know relationship wise you know that poor boy I had several relationships um probably about four or five different people he's had in the house over his 24 years and and none of those relationships were ever ever made when sober I never got into a relationship sober ever they've always Um, been when I was drunk apart from with Andy now but we had our drunkenness before, so that was fine. But, but it's, yeah. it's like you're saying, we cannot change it. And it, no. it takes a lot of work to accept the mistakes of the past. Yeah. Um, but mistakes are a learning curve. And mm-hmm. like me, you've got, grand, you've got a grandson, I've got grandchildren. And the one thing I don't want to be is the drunk grandma. Mm-hmm. I don't want my grandchildren to smell alcohol. I don't want them to say, oh, look at grandma, stick her in the corner, she's drunk. No. <laughs> no, no. So um, it, it, it hurts us to think that we hurt someone during our drunken binges. Mm. Um, binges, it was every day for me. But we have to learn that you're a different person now. Yeah. You, you can make amends and you can make the amends with the grandchildren, I think, a lot of the time. And the trust comes eventually with those that we did hurt. It takes a while because it's, it's a breakdown of trust, isn't it, in the end? Yeah. I mean, Jack's pretty good with it all. As you know, I podcast him. Yes. He's fine. So I'm more upset about it than he mm. is. It was just, I suppose he was just used to it, you know. But um, Arthur was my, you know, my grandson was the inspiration for that I didn't want to be the drunk smelly nanny and I'm not you know and I've been sober and present for every moment of him and I can't change the past I can change it this generation but Mm -hmm. also I can share this story now here as I have today in the hopes that somebody listening might go oh god yeah I really need to you know keep on this track I really need to quit the drink don't ever do it do it I always say though don't do it for your kids don't do it for your hubby don't do it for anybody because the moment they piss you off you're going to reach straight for the <laughs> you need to do it for yourself but you know that and don't piss yourself off <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh god i do that every time i try and walk <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot that comes up in a daytime that will make you angry but it, the, the, the more distance between you and your last drink mm-hmm. the more you can cope you know you can deal with stuff you're not thinking oh I'll 
that's tomorrow. I'm going to go and have a drink. I'll deal with that tomorrow. But you know, you never deal with it. Now we deal with things as they come up. And I think um, there are some things that I look at and I think I'll do it later. But those are the non-important things. The important stuff now gets dealt with straight away. Because otherwise, I just worry that if I let some things get out of control, then maybe I'll get out of control. And I don't Mm. ever want to be out of control like that again, because that was a painful, painful experience to be out of control. We've got another of our ladies. um, uh, Namaste. And she gave us a short, uh, she shared a short one with us. Uh, This is another of our ladies that's slightly, well, she's actually the same age as me. So um, I'm going to share her, what she sent us about her wow and joy. Hi, Polly. This is Namaste. Um, I would have to say that one of the most unexpected things that I have experienced um, during my sobriety is that I smile more. Um, I just feel happier inside and I've been smiling more and totally unexpectedly, I've been getting a lot of compliments um, that I just am blown away. People are telling me that I look really good and that um, I'm glowing and um, I just wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, So that's been a wonderful, wonderful reinforcement and makes me smile even more. So that's probably the one biggest thing that I can think of that I was not expecting. Anyway, I'm just gonna keep smiling. Thanks. Uh, with the smiling <laughs> you know smiling now <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just smiling listening to her and I always remember years ago when I was working um one of the staff saying to me oh Karina, you've just made my day and I said why and she said you've just given me the biggest smile and it's just made my day and I thought oh my god and obviously it's such a mishblow cow and I walk around <laughs> ever, ever since then I always tried to make a difference to someone's day even if it was just a smile you know because a, there's that poem isn't there a smile is infectious you know mm-hmm. um, and it really is and I don't know about you but I'll smile and say hi to people now a lot mm. more than I did before because when someone, I mean, I had, I said this this morning, actually, in one of our groups, it's just nice when someone smiles at you and says hi, as if they're genuinely happy to see you. Yeah. You know, and we don't stink. <laughs> You've not got tons of perfume and breath fresheners on you all the time. I can't remember the last time I did that, actually, squirted myself so badly so, so I wouldn't stink of drink. Yeah, it's, um, no, don't do it anymore. Just do it for pleasure. It's like that's a little... It. That's the pleasure um, now. It is, it is happy. Our very last voice, <laughs> bless <laughs> this gentleman to bits. I love him. I said I would like a two- or three-minute recording. And I got eight. <laughs> Is it our Lilo? Is it our Lilo? No, it's our oh. Shiki. Oh, Shiki! Yay! <laughs> it's our it's it's our good friend, Mister Shiki. Bless him. Yeah. Who he had his 
excuse me, he had his reset. And from that reset, he has come back like gangbusters. Here we go, back to a war <laughs> reference. He's come back gangbusters. And this guy, I mean, he just sounds so happy. Uh, I'm so looking forward uh, to hearing him. I have, I've missed him. I haven't heard him for a few weeks. So it'd be good to see yeah, his voice. So I asked him, and as you, like I say, as usual, <laughs> I got I got the lot. <laughs> so here is our shiki. Hello, Polly. You all right? And right, so you want to know if I've had any unexpected surprises in my sobriety that's made me go, wow. Um, right, you've actually called me at the right time because the last few weeks I've had quite a, a busy um, social calendar uh, booked in. It's been booked in um, since I started this journey like 10 months ago. I knew it was coming. Uh, these events have been sort of rescheduled from last year, from COVID. A um, couple of festivals and a gig that I was going to, all sort of, they're all like um, one after each other, week after week. Um, and it's something that's been playing on my mind for the last couple of months he's been a monkey on my back to be fair i knew that was coming uh, it was a big thing um but the first one was at a festival um which is only a local one uh, it was an ibiza classics festival played by an orchestra um it's all dance music house music garage music and um, sort of yeah like a dancing kind of place um i went there with my wife and my daughter actually my oldest daughter as well i wasn't going to drink here because i drove there so it wasn't really a problem it was like my tester and um, my first big event really from being sober um before uh, i went to the event i was talking to a friend about it and she she gave me some great advice yeah she gave me some really good advice she said when you get there um just gauge your mood um just score your mood uh, out of 10 on, on what you are so if you're an eight out of 10 um think to yourself how, how you're feeling and what would alcohol do would it would alcohol improve your, your evening would it put you on a nine or a 10 or would it even maybe put you onto a seven so just think about how you're feeling uh, and see how you think alcohol would change how you're feeling so i took her advice and i went there and I was, I was very observant anyway of all my surroundings of what was going on because um, you're sober and it's the first time I've done this sober so you're quite aware and conscious of everything, aren't you? Um, of what's going on and I, I, I scored myself um, but when the music came on and um, I've, I've got the first sort of half hour, hour out of the way chatting, etc. got some food saw people I, I knew and then as the music came on I sort of like started tapping my toe, nodding my head. And before long, I was doing something that resembled dancing, <laughs> a geriatric raver. Um, and I felt all right. I felt good. I felt all right. And I sort of scored myself. I was like, yeah, I'm an, I'm an 8 out of 10. Yeah? It was all right. I felt good. 8 out of 10. I was thinking, what would alcohol do? Would it give me a 9 or, or, or a 10? Or would it give me a 7? You know what? I actually thought about it. I thought it's probably going to give me a 7. Because if I drink alcohol now, I'm going to need a pee. Um, I'm going to need to queue up. Um, it's going to make me agitated. I'm going to have ha my hands are going to be occupied with with pints of lager, so I can't sort of put my hands in the air or clap. Um, and also, eventually, I'm going to be more incoherent and slurring my words, and I wouldn't be able to dance as, as good as I am. And I, I need that bloody hell for God, you know, God's sake. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm all right. Yeah? I'm, I'm all right on an eight. I'm, I'm going fine with an eight. Um, then as the evening wore on. Uh, we only got we only got, we got there like from six to eleven. It was for us. We we started earlier, but we done that just like the evening part. As the evening went on uh, and it got dark and the music got better, I was up to a nine. I was, I was getting better as it went on, and I was observing other people around me, and they weren't looking so good as me because I was obviously sober. Um, um, but then the last hour, it went up a gear. 
Um, the atmosphere went up a notch. Um, the light show got really good. The atmosphere got really good. And, mate, I, I was on a 10. I was buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing on a 10, dancing around, hands in the air. It, it was brilliant. Uh, really good, uplifting music without the alcohol. And I was buzzing. And I realised after it was the natural endorphins that the body had released that normally I wouldn't feel that because alcohol would drown that out. I'd get a buzz out of alcohol, but it wouldn't be anything as uplifting as what I was experiencing. So he's, he's releasing an endorphin. So I'll come back to that in a minute, okay? Because the next gig, or actually the last one I went to, the last gig was Friday just gone. So, um, what, five days ago, I went to a, a Scar concert in London about my band called The Specials from the from the 70s, which I, I take it, that's probably when you're using your prime poly. Um, yeah, so it's a Scar gig. And... Um, we was there, and the same sort of thing was happening. I didn't need a drink at all because like, my, my my happiness was on an eight out of ten, uh, so I was fine. I didn't want to queue for the bar. I didn't want to queue for the toilet. Uh, my hands were free. Um, it was fine. I got into the music. I was dancing okay. It was all right. I was enjoying the music. Um, this is more of sort of an aggressive kind of music, ska. You know, it's not sort of your uplifting house music. It's a different, different kind of beat, different kind of vibe. Um, so I took myself off into, into the mosh pit uh, for about fifteen minutes. Um, you probably think I'm a bit too old for mosh pits, but trust me, I was being a, a, a 70s band <clears throat> that was on, on stage. I was the youngest one in the mosh pit. as I sort of late 50-year-old skinheads chucking me around. Hang on one sec. Always need a drink when I'm doing these. <clears throat> um, yeah, so it's all sort of like loads of old, old, old school skinheads um, being crushed in this in this mosh pit, like being thrown about. Um, but it was adrenaline. Adrenaline was getting me through. I was jumping up and down, getting thrown about, getting squashed, getting crushed. But it was adrenaline. It was brilliant. I was, you know, I was into the music. I was jumping up, bands in the air, and it was just the pure adrenaline of it all, uh, and the rush that I was enjoying. I come out of there after about fifteen minutes, sweating, and I was like trying to catch my breath. My heart was going. But I wouldn't have been like that if I was if I was drunk. I'd have been slopping around and being chucked around like a you know, not really steady on my feet and my head would have been buzzing. I would have come out of there sort of feeling all nauseous. But I come out and I felt buzzing. I felt oh, that was good. I felt alive, you know, because it was a natural adrenaline of it all. Now again, that would have been drowned out by alcohol, um, and also the endorphins. Both of those natural feelings would have been drowned out by alcohol. I wouldn't have felt those. Uh, I would have had a buzz out of the alcohol, but not the same. Um, and I was just so surprised, so surprised at how much I enjoyed myself. Um, I was expecting to go to at least one of these and be white-knuckling, thinking to myself, I'm missing out, I'm missing out. I want a drink. Everyone else is drinking, I'm not drinking. It's not fair, I'm missing out. I've been jealous. I was expecting to go there and have that downbeat feeling of like, let's get through this. That would have been my evening, which is shit. When you think about it, when you're just trying to get through an evening, that's that's not good. Um, which I've done before, like in the early days, like parties, barbies, etc., barbecues, etc. But I didn't. This is the first time I experienced a, a live band, live concert like that, and I wasn't white knuckling. I just got through it with 100% enjoyment. Absolutely, it's, it's a massive surprise. It was a massive surprise. I got home that night. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got home that night, um, about one in the morning. My head hit the pillow, hit the pillow sober. Um, normally, I would have got in from the concert. I would have definitely gone for the whiskey, poured out a large whiskey before I went to bed, drunk that, knocked myself out, get into bed. 
like a zombie, comatized, gone. I wake up in the morning feeling like as you're, you know the rest. Um, but I got into bed, I drove home from the train station, got into bed sober. Uh, my head hit the pillow sober. And I could still feel like the, 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 um, the music bouncing in my body, like the beat of the music in, in my body. I could still feel it jumping. I could still feel the evening inside me. I could still remember everything. Uh, and I closed my eyes and I was just happy. You know, I was, I was just so happy that I had, I'd had a good time sober it's like a relief kind of thing as well and it's so pleasing so pleasing that i was that that that, that happiness was there naturally without the alcohol um and now i want to go out again now i'm looking at looking in the calendar now, looking at other concerts and looking at other bands that are available i'm i'm, I'm done for it now i know i can go out and, and, and get this natural feeling so yes um the question that you asked was there anything unexpected anything surprising about your sobriety that's made you go well then that was it. It made me go, wow, I've just had a bloody good time with no alcohol or natural buzzes. There you go, short and sweet. Um, I hope that helps. Um, I'll let you go. I love you lots. I'll speak to you later on. Take care. Bye. In true fashion, I, I was laughing as well because I'm thinking he's now found a new a new way to enjoy himself. It's just beautiful. I've not, I did the first time I've heard, I've listened, I've gone listening to that one three times because there's so much joy in that recording and you can feel it yourself. You can feel his joy inside yourself when you're listening to that. You know, he had so much fun. And when he said he hit the pillow sober, and he could still feel it buzzing inside him, all the natural feelings, the real feelings, not numbed through alcohol. No. So, I'm you're, so what are you yeah, thinking I'm of it? So, <clears throat> I'm just so happy. So he's got it. He's got it now. You know, having sort of sit and and spaps up with him and talked to him about his relapse and sort of how he's feeling and all that that he went through, feeling of his missing out and his beer o'clock. You know, he's like he's gone out not just done one, but he said that was his last one. So he's done a few. Looking for more. (laughs) I'm looking for more. And he just that that man just makes me laugh and cry all in one sentence at times. And I'm just so so happy. He I could hear the excitement and the buzz still in his voice. And I'm just uh that's absolutely made my day. That really has. And we saved the best for the last. That was our last recording. And like I say, I'd listened to it a few times before and I just it just made me feel happy. Yeah. His happiness. Yeah. And it just goes to show um, that there's an old expression, misery breeds misery. And, but happy breeds happy. We are happy for him. He brings us joy in what he did. So it, it didn't just give him a buzz. It gave us a buzz as it did all these recordings, listening to these people and finding their wows it brings you joy because we need joy in our life we do need the feel goods 
And sobriety isn't, I think one of the things we, we do say we have to be selfish in sobriety and we have to start being assertive and standing up for ourselves and doing what's right for us. But I have found that I'm far less self-centered. You know, it isn't all about me, me, me. In fact, it's not even about me and my milestones anymore. You know, I just don't even mm-hmm. acknowledge them. I'm so excited for everybody else. And I'm so excited when you hear, listen to people like Shiki just there, who's got it, when they get it and you think, they're going to do it and you know we have people in our ladies groups and other groups that we listen to and we liaise with and it's like yeah you can hear it when it's different this time it's a tone of voice as well yeah the the way when they when they talk when they they literally when things start clicking because we say it's like it's like tumblers isn't it all of a sudden all the tumblers go click 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 and you can hear it in the voice it, it sounds different uh, from being slightly unsure and still wondering how they find their feet because it takes a while to find your feet in sobriety. And like we said, and you said, discovering ourselves because who are we sober? There's an example of who he is sober. He's a guy having fun. Yeah. You don't need a drink to have that much fun. You can have that much fun. Well, you have more than that much fun sober. You know? Definitely. Like, yeah, have far more fun sober than <coughs> ever did drunk. Yes, ever did. I, I agree. And we found, we found joy in just connecting like this on the train and mm-hmm. having chats. And I love our chats. So we're going to find another subject <laughs> to yes. chat about. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to chat about next time we get together. But folks, I hope you've enjoyed this. And I hope this gives you an uplift and also that it makes you realize there are wows in sobriety, the wow of finding yourself, of finding joy, of finding excitement, of getting the old adrenaline going and the heart yeah. pumping. So we're going to be pulling into the station and climbing off the train. It's been nice to be back on the train with you, my darling girl. It's been lovely to be here with you. I've missed you so much. We're just sitting here, just beaming from ear to ear. Yeah, it's, it's been good. And I needed this today because I had a quiet chat with Karina before we got on the train. I am under medical supervision to, to reduce my medication. And I've been rather emotional the last few days, to say the least. But I know, like with my sobriety, I will work my way through it. I am fully aware of what I am going through. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to be able to do it because I'm doing it sober. So I will say to you, no sippy, no slippy. Think of your wows and your joys. And Karina, you say. Not another drop, no matter what. Nothing is insurmountable. No, and nothing is impossible. You can have fun. So, folks, thank you for riding the train with us again today. It's been nice to be back. So we will pull into the station and we will say bye for now. Bye-bye.